welcome everyone to episode 24 of Wrestling is Cool, the coolest wrestling podcast on the planet. This is the go-home episode to Elimination Chamber. I will have you know that Elimination Chamber predictions have already been posted, so make sure you go check those out. Sancho, this is the road to WrestleMania, but before that, we have a little pit stop at Elimination Chamber. What is your excitement levels for EC so far? Ah, uh, man, I am really, really excited. I think once the chambers have been set, we've seen that it's going to be a stacked chamber. The only thing about this elimination chamber is, is it doesn't really feel like a road to mania PLE because it doesn't really feel it's featuring the bloodline. That's Ooh. the only thing that it's missing. Like, I know they have that segment with Grayson Waller that talk about with Seth and Cody what they're going to do. But it doesn't feel like we're going to have The Rock and Roman. At least it's not advertised. So I think that's the only thing that's missing for to be the cherry on top for the Elimination Chamber. We'll go deeper into this in the actual predictions, but do you predict the bloodline gets involved in that Grayson Waller effect? Like, they have to, right? Otherwise, that's just, like, such a throwaway. place to do it. Yeah. It's a late, like, I know Grayson Waller's their boy over there, right? The yes boy over there, basically, but it doesn't really work for me. Like, it... The Grayson Waller effect is a is a lame show. It is, and I know that's the way it's booked that way to be a lame show, but it doesn't have the same kind of Piper's Pit, or you know what I mean. It doesn't have that same kind of vibe to it. Oh my God, you're so old, Piper's Pit. We had Piper's Pit. We had the barbershop Shawn Michaels turn heel. You wouldn't understand. Dude, I'm not gonna lie. Bruce the Beefcake was so over back then, dude. He was. That guy came out with the little scissors. Yeah, that's. It's Big. weird that that got over. There's it gimmicks got, that yeah, that yeah. are are bizarre that I got I got over. Sa Sancho, you have yes. stumbled accidentally oh, on okay. a segment. You stepped on the landmine. Which gimmick was better? You ready? Okay, I am ready, sir. Pete Dunn or Butch? Actually. This version of Pete Dunn, I don't like. I like Butch more. Why? Butch was work. He started to work. I mean, eventually, I think, like, why mess with a good thing? Because considering that with the, what was it, the Brawlers, right? They were finally getting over Ridge Holland and Butch. And then I think when he did the name of Switch again, I think it confused a lot of people. And it's now he's kind of, like, in a weird place now. He kind of has no identity, even though... Butch was a very service level identity. They were finally digging into something. And I think they could have kind of married the two. Like why, it's like uh, if all of a sudden Gunther started being called Walter. Like we get it, like we know the old school version of that NXT version was better in the back in the day, but Butch was doing something finally on the main roster. I think you brought up a really neat example there, the Walter to Gunther. And then now if you were to go back to Walter, I think there would it would be weird. And I remember how mad we all were when he went from oh, we were, Walter to Gunther. We were so mad. Um, so I think it's actually a pretty similar scenario here. I do believe that a lot of like the the hardcore nerds, like the Mies of the world that loved NXT Black and Gold and UK are happy because we know where it can go. But even I'm like, mm, I don't know if this is landing just yet, especially because I do kind of agree that Butch, even though it took a really long time, was starting to build a unique identity. And now he's kind of at ground zero needing to build it again, which I don't necessarily think he won't. But I think we're, we're kind of Groundhog Day with trying to get Pete Dunne Butch over. It reminds me of, uh, what was that Dudley? The the Spike Dudley. Mm. It was he was getting there. Like yeah. he was that just that rowdy, ravenous wrestler that would just gnaw you to death type of vibe. Okay. Shorty G or current chatty daddy leader of the Alpha Academy. 
<laughs> the name itself. You, you didn't like Shorty another, G? No, you should never <laughs> call another grown man Shorty G. You know, it just makes no sense, dude. I did no, dude. Chad Gable, because Chad Gable carries weight kind of like Kurt Angle. It has that same kind of boom, 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 like that cadence and name, and it could go very, very far. Yeah, there's a a very elite set of names it, 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 that have to come out the right way from mm -hmm. the voice box, right through the tongue, right to the audience watching at home. That can be your your real name and your wrestler name. I think like Chad Gable, Kurt Angle. Brock mm -hmm. Lesnar, you know, even though he's been canceled, but that's a good wrestler name and a good like real life name. And I feel yeah, like Ch Chad Gable's got that. I don't. Maybe Santiago? No, too long. The peasant. <laughs> okay, we're not. No, <laughs> that is not my username. It's Zapasant. Stardust. It sounds like the peasant. Like <laughs> You're just saying it in a different way. <laughs> Look, we're on the same team. We're both divers. All right. We're both fighting for democracy. This we're is a lot of infighting. Super Earth will reign free. <laughs> Stardust uh, okay. or or uh, American Nightmare. Dude, Stardust theme bang, dude. And that, that piano. That boon. It's a like GTA 4 bass. It was really, really good. I think, of course, American Nightmare is like the ultimate version of Cody Rhodes, but I don't like how people just, you know, dismiss Stardust as if it's like the worst thing on earth. It Bro, wasn't that bad. I agree. Dude, I have to give so much credit to Cody Rhodes because that is such a dead on arrival gimmick. And he oh, was sad. like a thousand percent in. His acting yeah. was through the roof. His, even like his, um, Com com uh, like a combination of his comedic timing, his mm -hmm. body language. You're the theater nerd here. And even yeah. I could notice like how good that was. That's not something that he needs to really worry so much about with his current iteration. You know, like Captain America doesn't really have to be this wacky, different character. But Stardust to me is like peak wrestler acting. <laughs> Absolutely. And at the same time, it was the perfect kind of extension to Goldust because that's what they were. I mean, it's the Rhodes family. And I think without that Stardust journey, he would have never reached American Nightmare. And at the same time, AEW should be very thankful for all the work that the Rhodes family did in WWE because that AEW match was probably one of the still their top five matches of all time, Cody Rhodes versus Dustin Rhodes. Got another one for you. By the way, what a great nickname, The Natural, for the Dustin natural. Rhodes. The Natural. It's very so good. good. Very so good. good. Dude, they've all had my... great they've all had great uh nicknames the american mm -hmm. dream the mm -hmm. natural the nightmare Woo! oh yeah so clean carrying cross with hair or without hair i think <laughs> i saw him with a man bun recently yeah he's man bunning it up <laughs> no no yeah it cross doesn't he has to look radical and right now he doesn't look radical he looks like a dude that's you see that's in the Seattle Starbucks, you know, wearing leather. And it's just, it doesn't work for me. It doesn't you, work for me because he's already out there and you got to be intimidating. And the shaved head just look like this dude's manic. If I can, I feel like I can, there's something on the tip of your tongue. And I think I'm going to, I'm going to put it there. I'm going to, oh, I'm going to oh, place it on the tip wait, of your wait, tongue. Wait. Okay. You're going to put something <laughs> on the tip of my tongue. Got it. Continue. Carrying cross with hair is just a good-looking jerk with a really hot wife. 
Carrie he should be that. He should be that. Like, but with, with without hair, he's the scary dude that somehow still I mean. landed a really hot wife. And I feel that's way more intriguing. It's way more intriguing, but at least if you're going to go that route, that's the thing. I feel like WWE is afraid to do social commentary on stereotypes of today. If that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, I feel like in the past, they would lean into more stereotypes like, hey, I'm a mechanic. I'm going to come out with a wrench and overalls, right? That's all your gimmick was, right? It was very basic job-like uh, gimmicks. But why not do more? Like, they already kind of did it during the Thunderdome with um, Bailey and the Karen gimmick, right? Mm -hmm. There was a little bit of that. Why not lean into this toxic masculinity that's out there that they could kind of be a heel-like vibe to it and they could do commentary on it i think that's when wrestling's at its best because when it's, it's a safe place to explore these social commentary these social stereotypes and we could all have a magnifying glass on ourselves which i like i mentioned before in the previous podcast the corporate america side i think we're gonna dive into that more with the rock i feel like the last really good um like good stereotypical character was mm -hmm. actually alberto del rio their aristocrat like coming yeah. out with his own personal ring announcer, this rich guy coming out in his Rolls Royces. I felt like mm -hmm. they really hit that one on the head. Obviously, he's not the greatest dude in the world, but like I, I've always said that's a brilliant gimmick and it was delivered really well. And he was given every tool to be the most overheal in the company's history. A personal ring announcer, that's genius. It's great. And I think like it uh, reminds me of the Million Dollar Man, if you want to talk about old head stuff, Million mm -hmm. Dollar Man. We came out with Virgil, the personal valet, but Million Dollar Man created his own belt, if you don't know, which is the Million Dollar title. But he would have segments where he would just bring up audience members to the camera and give them $100, and they have to do something you know, degrading for it. And that, that's the kind of stuff that I think the WWE should continue to explore because one thing about face versus heel, for the faces, it's always like, this was my dream to be a wrestler, and I want to win the title, which I have. this is why I have a problem with Sami Zayn now. And if you could still do more nuanced things that doesn't always have to be for a title. I've got, I feel like I've got a really interesting one for you here. Hit me. Maxine Dupree as a member of the male models or Maxine Dupree as a protege of the Alpha Academy. God. Yeah. The male models makes the most sense because she's there to be a scout for other like male talent and it works. You know, she's not in the ring and she's a valet. But the moment I think the entire Alpha Academy gimmick is is has been tarnished, not by Maxine Dupree, just by booking in general. You're the Alpha Academy. You are supposed to be the elite academies. You're not the Omega. You're the Alpha. And the problem with it is, is Maxine is just not there talent wise to be the protege Alpha. It's like it feels like more of a a sick joke, so to speak, to be, you know, and to propped her up like that i think she's been put in poor positioning and for and she's been giving a role that she's not yet ready for which is really tough because if you had chad gable saying you are my protege it needs to mean something and that's why i think that hurt a lot of the alpha academies run lately is just because now they're just been sidelined as a comedic faction i feel like the maxine dupree journey in alpha academy was really interesting seeing the transition and seeing her trying to learn to become a wrestler was really entertaining but i believe personally that the final destination of the two mm -hmm. of the two characters i feel we were better off with maxine dupree over in the male models i feel like right. that, that's a better final destination like you said this 
this agent that's going around trying to scout male talent. I felt like that. I feel like she could have done that for the rest of her career. I feel like it was right. actually, a, I don't know why they did love the male models. I think the male models were just an absolutely brilliant gimmick. Um, but I like that end destination far more than what we have right now with the end destination of the current it, iteration. And nothing against Maxine. I mean, it's just that the women's roster is so stacked. It is really, really, really stacked. And and they don't have someone as unique as she is in that role of a, a talent scout. She's excellent in it. And I think like the best part of wrestling is when they, what's the word I'm looking for, is when they optimize and make you know, optimize who you are as a person to get the best version of who you are as a gimmick. And that's when it boils down to like, who's the best, what's the best version? Stardust was great, but the best version of Cody is American Nightmare. I right. optimize. Last one, and I actually think that this might be the most difficult one. Oh. Nikki Cross, Nikki A.S.H., <laughs> almost a superhero, or the current iteration of Nikki Cross. Dude, I'm... What was that? Well, what was the faction she was in NXT? It's gonna bother sanity. me. Sanity. S sanity, right? I was gonna start with sanity. I, I I think this. God bless Nikki Cross because she's given absolutely nothing, absolutely nothing. And I the ASH was going somewhere, and I think it filled the void of for like like children and yeah. girls and out there because it was a fun gimmick. You know, you could buy a mask, and they anyone who bought a mask boy or girl would feel like they're a superhero. And I think that's the WWE is entirely missing that. I mentioned that there's not a lot of face women out there. There's only Bianca Belair and Becky. I don't know what Becky's doing. I, I'm not happy with Becky right now. I can tell you that right now. Not, not really looking forward to her in the chamber. Um, but regardless, to answer your question, I'm intrigued still with this, like, ghost, paralyzed, spooky Nikki Cross is doing. They they just need to figure like they, again they, I don't think they know where they're gonna yeah land bro that's first. going nowhere <laughs> that's going it, nowhere it's, it's going into the avoid and it's like I hope we hit something she's a go, background I... prop man I feel like she's as useful right now on TV Dude, than as my PlayStation back here they're not using I, her I, I don't if I was getting paid in a, a background prop until we figured out what to do with me and I'm still getting noticed I I'll guess take that you know what that's a fair point I will say I'm gonna go with Nikki Ash because at the very least that is a character that's it was it was selling merch too. it was something and i always yeah. had to like you know knock on the head of some other adult male fans are like this is such a stupid gimmick it's like dog it's not for us that is yeah. that is a that is a children's hero that is supposed to be a a role model for it, little girls that are wanting to get into wrestling it's not for you <laughs> but at the very least i can recognize is not for me and not, but I can see a lot more value in a character like Nikki A.S.H. than her just being a background prop. Yeah, at the same time, it, it's a great starting off dark match type of vibe. Get the people going. Get get the good vibes. Going. Yeah, oh, that was a fun cold open, folks. Yeah. You are listening to Wrestling Is Cool, coolest wrestling podcast on the planet. You could be getting this episode three days early if you happen to be listening over on Patreon, Patreon.com/slash Santi Zap, where you're going to get so much more than just the Wrestling Is Cool podcast three days early. You're going to get the Raw reviews, SmackDown reviews. You're going to get the NXT reviews. You're going to get the Wrestling Is Cool gaming on a weekly basis. So it's just so much value. Almost 500 of you are already supporting over there. So just go check it out. There might be something that you like. We have different tiers as well for you to explore and that's patreon.com slash santi zap sancho you have dove into the world of professional wrestling content creation before you sort of just had like 
your foot in. You were a wrestling content creator adjacent yeah. where you are, you're still doing like your, your, your full-time gaming thing, hosting, which I, you're still mm -hmm. doing a lot of that. Yes. But before it was just, all I'm doing is the podcast and occasionally talking about wrestling on Twitter. Now yeah. you are doing the wrestling you know, content on TikTok. You're now yep. wrestling content on Twitch. And of course you're still here on the podcast. And I see you talking a lot more about wrestling on Twitter What's that experience been like coming into the world of uh, wrestling content creation? Uh, one, I want to get shout out to all the people out there who's been supporting the content, especially yourself and all the other TikTok wrestling community uh, and con man and all those kinds of people. Um, the thing about it is I feel for the longest time since I, I'm a host and caster and throughout the time, I've, I lack of a better word, I built up a following from very notable people. And for the longest time, I felt I was afraid to write about wrestling i've been called out before by these notable people uh, like you 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 you're watching weird stuff you know why why are you talking about wrestling it's goofy but then i was like i gotta let that go i recently worked a job for twitch at the streamer bowl and there was some really very successful people and i think i mentioned this before where they're doing what they're doing and they they, they got their success and they are doing what they love by doing that and having passion passionate content passionate content and i think i was like why why am i limiting myself to just what a developer is making in a sense i could be what i love what i'm passionate about what i know a lot about and let me just dive in and see what happens and i, I feel that content creating is a game that's very difficult there's a lot of plateaus and i reached a plateau in gaming i'm not done with gaming i love video games but when this particular i was i felt like i was fortnite was done with me in a sense that i've reached reach the top that I can with Fortnite, and there's really nothing I can do to it. I grinded that game and the content to the bone, but it, it, and that's why I felt like, you know, I think I could do wrestling a lot longer than I can Fortnite if you want to look at the scope of things. I'm not going to be able to keep up with the gaming side of things for a long, but I could keep up with wrestling because wrestling is more of an observatory versus participating in actually playing the game. Uh, I absolutely love it to answer what's it been like because I feel like I've been it's more intimate. Well, I feel like a more intimate relationship with wrestling to create a community where people can watch it. And at the same time, it's exhilarating as a content creator, as you may know, Santi, to see the numbers go and to build a community from absolutely nothing. And that's been fun. And I feel like creatively, my mind has been open to different avenues of, of exploration. And at the same time, when my wife and I were talking about this, <clears throat> my wife, sorry, my wife, no, you got to, um, my wife and I were talking about this and she was, she has this thing now, uh, where it's just like, what's your 10 times goal? What's that, what's that goal in your life that is absolutely shoot for the moon type of vibe, right? That how are you going to get there? And at least if you try to get there, you'll get somewhere close and progress to something great. And I told myself, what is my 10 times goal? And I was like, I want to be on a pre-show in the WWE. I want to be on a PLE on that desk talking wrestling. I want to fuel kayfabe and I want to be a character in the world of WWE, kind of like Greg Miller, who I look up to a lot, uh, who is on PLEs, has his own show. I would love that ride. And I think I, I, I could absolutely do that. And I think wrestling is cool. It's definitely a vehicle for that. And I think the support of the community will definitely get us, get me there and get us to different heights. And so if you want to be a part of that, be part of Sancho West Wrestling on TikTok, where I do uh, wrap-ups. I think those are very fun, and I have reactions just like yourselves. And I wanted to say this as well. There's a lot of people out there that's like, you know, 
they, they might be out there it's like oh you know i have santi for reactions i'm just a different version i'm friendlier i i don't i don't <laughs> <What>? <laughs> i'm a good person <laughs> into the you know the random offshoot things that Santi's community make it into we're family friendly here you can bring the kids along we have a good time we watch wrestling and I, I'm learning a lot I'm learning that it is hard to grind and I'm I hope I'm challenging a little bit of you Santi because I know I uh, you know the speed of my my cuts and the the volume of it I try to out compete because that's what this business is when you come to you got to be first but hopefully the algorithm will start catching my videos a little bit more but i'm hoping I, at least i'm i'm the young buck i'm hoping i'm one two three kid and you're like razor ramon i just want to get one win you know let hey, me yo. get on one let me get on one raw let me get on one little package and let me get one sign you know that's all i want right now so there's just what i wanted to say is that you're still on the ground floor of wrestling Absolutely. content creation and people are like constantly messaging me like ah, i feel like it's too late no it you don't understand what too late is go look at pretty much any other niche of content creation if you look at gaming even that's not too late and that's a thousand trillion times bigger than wrestling content creation wrestling content creation is now at its point where you want to jump in where the actual wrestling organizations are recognizing these content creators for the first time the rock posting content creators on his instagram that is a board of directors member mm -hmm. of the tko they're posting people on the TV shows. They, CM Punk is posting, reposting people. Wrestlers are engaging more than ever with these content creators because they know that these content creators can help get them over. I've heard mm -hmm. DiJack say that he loves interacting with these content creators or these uh, these Twitter accounts that put him over, and he likes to put them over in return because why not? So even the yeah, wrestlers are starting to recognize the value of working with individuals such as ourselves. And that's something that in the gaming space has been there for a really long time where developers yeah. have understood the value of working with the content creator. Wrestling is just getting there. And I just happen to be lucky enough to be right now at the spear tip of that. But it's going to get even bigger with Netflix, man. It's going to grow to incalculable levels. 260 million people across the planet are going to have access to wrestling and they don't have to guess or wonder where it's on. That's crazy. That is, we are at just the, the tip of the iceberg when it comes to this wrestling thing, it's just going to get bigger. And this partnership with between UFC and WWE is going to make it get bigger. It's, it's still the early game here. We're nowhere near the end game. I feel like as well is once they see the value of content creators, they will expand on that more and more. And at the same time, gaming, you talked about it, it's in the early infancy. I feel it's never too late when you said that. And the people that come to mind is Jinxie. This dude came out of nowhere. Casio came out of nowhere. And they're not doing anything different. They're just, well, yes, they are. But I'm saying they're not doing anything different in the sense of like, they are they're, creating content. They're grinding. Yeah, they're, they're not they're creating consistent. their own niche. It's still right. entering it's still a, a saturated right. niche doing their own thing. Right, exactly. And I am entering at, at what appears to be saturated, sure. But at, at the same time, I, I know that I could, I could make waves, and I know that I could be a valuable member to the community. And, I, and I'm learning more and more about the space, and I'm enjoying it. And I think, like, at the end of the day, Wrestling will get, you mentioned, will get bigger, but I think wrestling right now has never been more accessible. 
And that is what I think the WWE is going to learn that having us in general, and I, that's fun to say us, having us in general could help put programs over, angles over. And at the same time, it's fun to help a wrestler out, man. These are independent workers. They're contractors. It'd be awesome to help someone get over by, you know, tooting their horn. If no one's going to vouch for anybody, it should be us. If, if someone's like, yo, I don't like this, what they're treating to this wrestler. This wrestler's better. And then we're getting millions of views on that vibe, on that thing. That could help somebody, man. Look, I like to take credit for bringing back the Chelsea Green you I, I you you joke, but I would say so. Dude, news outlets were picking that up. Oh, um, Samantha Irvin replying to tw to this random Twitter user, and then it's just me. <laughs> and that's yeah. what started the story about Chelsea Green's name being changed against their will. I feel like I had a little bit of a, uh, even though it was just a meme, I, <laughs> but I, I feel like WD, it, it I, was a bit of a vehicle. I bet you WD didn't think anyone would notice. No, we noticed. Yeah, exactly. We noticed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I also noticed The Rock's Versace vest. When he came out, man, that I don't like the fact that they haven't changed his music. I hope they change his music. And I was a little bit He's nervous. Cooking. Yeah, man. Or or just something a little bit more menacing than his current electrifying version. Oh, so good. Uh we got Versace vest. We got we got more or less what I think is Hollywood rock in terms of his personality. It's just cool to see this blending of like 1998 wearing uh, Versace wearing rock and 2003 Hollywood rock. I want to get your first thoughts, not just I don't want to hear your thoughts after the fact. I want to hear what your <laughs> thoughts were when you first saw the rock grab the mic in that Versace vest. What was going through your head? I felt when I first saw him pop out was like the rock is doing something selfless for once. He understands that the right role to be right now is heel. Granted, it didn't start that way, but the pivot was was awesome to see that The Rock is embracing this heel at a time where he can't afford any negative press more. He's understanding that if he leans more into this heel, if he just obliterates the state of Utah, people are not going to hate him. And at the end of the day, kayfabe aside, he is still revered and loved. And the and I was instantly thrown back to the attitude days. And it just shows you that this style of promo work could work if you could mean it. And it is much more interesting because it doesn't go, it could go anywhere. And if you could say anything with convention, and I wrote this down, that wrestling can be very simple. It could be black and white, and promos can be very simple. He's getting cheap heat. He's the king of cheap heat. But when I saw him in the Versace with the squared glasses. And, and everything's not an accident, guys and gals. It's not an accident. The square glasses was a choice. This dude looks like a menacing, we talked about it, final boss, a big thumb out there. You know, he just looks like a like a meaty dude you do not want to mess with. And I just love it that I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I was just surprised when that whole thing happened because I was like, dude, no one would have called The Rock joining Bloodline. I don't think anyone called that possibility. They all saw The Rock as the savior, stopping the Bloodline, being the guy to save the day. But no one thought he was going to be, he was the chosen one. No one thought he would join them. You know, <laughs> that's what works so well for me. And I, I absolutely, I ate it up, man. If you, if you saw my reaction, I was just like, this is hilarious. 
please keep going on at people. And if you were triggered by The Rock, and if you thought he was surface level, yes, that is The Rock. And if you thought, why did he not remember Cody won the Rumble? He is a delusional heel. That is The Rock, uh, Hollywood Rock. And it was perfect. And I, I, I love the idea of this, The Rock just ignoring everything. Everything. Just keep, just keep doing what he's doing. Because it's it's just gonna work for Cody. It like that's the just the role of the heel. Like no matter what, it has to make Cody look better, and he did make Cody look better. Do we think that they ever acknowledge the most obvious plot hole in the history of WWE right now? The cuckening of Cody Rhodes, as I've been no. calling it for a while. Because I feel like they're just gonna completely ignore it. And I think that's the right move. Obviously, like yeah. there's the smark that wants them to address it. Like, why would he do this then? It makes no sense. Like, dude, we've moved on. We got what we wanted. Just ignore that. We have to retcon this and for us to be all collectively in agreement that it has been fixed and it has been retconned, we have to forget what happened on that dreaded Friday night. Otherwise, we're never gonna be able to move on. It just didn't happen. We're done. We're, they're never gonna address it. And yes, I like the fact that you you uh, mentioned that this is a delusional version of The Rock. Very it's delusional. funny because the delusional thing works less in 2024 than it did in 2003. Because in 2003, the delusion of The Rock was that he was the most famous man on the planet. Meanwhile, all he had done is film a cameo in The Mummy Returns and The Scorpion King. Now, <laughs> that delusion is real. He actually is like the, one of the most famous people on the planet. But I do, even if it's unintentional, I do love the complete ignoring of everything that caused this to happen. Just the completely ignoring how the house of cards fell, completely ignoring how we're here because of a brutal accident. Nah, we're just gonna pretend that this is exactly the road that The Rock was gonna take you on, right? He keeps talking about this, oh, this God, ride. No ride. It's like, nah, this wasn't it, but I'm here for it anyway. <laughs> that was my favorite part of their promo. He's like, oh, Sancho, you are muted, with just so you know. No, I'm not. No, Sancho is currently muted at the moment. Hello? Oh, no, he's not muted. It's me, Sancho. Carry the show for a second. I think it's my headset. Oh, my God. Anyway, as I was going to say, the best... You just charge it. Look at this. If you're watching the show on YouTube, Santi just forgets. This is why Bluetooth headphones are the worst. Why are those headphones are the worst? He's taking it out. He's trying to... He's jamming it back in like it's a mag. Anyway, he's going to turn it on. He's going to put on... But... Hollywood, hello, you hear me now? Oh my goodness, now, there we yeah, go. Yeah, I don't know goodness what that was, gracious. but yeah, you were, the the people heard you the entire time. I saw the little meter they're, moving, so you, you they're, they're it's me. me, it's me. What'd it, you talk it about? Was, it's always Santi. <laughs> uh, I said the Bluetooth head, wireless headphones suck. Uh, but the point about The Rock is, what I wanted to ask you is, I, I, I put this out there and I've been seeing it as well, about Double Agent Rock. Is this The Rock? Just playing the bloodline. He did the wrong L jester with the acknowledging him, which was kind of weird because Rock, I don't you know, is not Fortnite. I know you're on Fortnite as the foundation. And at the same time, people were like, he's he was talking, pointing at Roman as you were doing earlier. But I personally don't buy it, as I said in my video. It makes no sense. At the end of the day, he's telling you directly what he wants, and he is surface level, and he's hating Cody, all the Cody crybabies. He's hating on Utah. I I just don't see it. And at the if, if the end goal is Cody to win Mania, I don't want it to be from The Rock helping in any kind of way. He cannot touch Roman. It will not work. It will be a it will be a dirty finish for Cody to win, finish the story, and that would suck. It does. It needs to be Cody overcome literally 
every single member of the bloodline to win. He Cody needs to beat The Rock. He needs to hit him with a uh, Cody cutter or something devastating. That's the only way that Cody should finish the story. And even people are saying Cody, uh, The Rock would Kevin Costner, Superman, you know, say no, don't go in there solo, don't go in there, Jimmy. Let Roman do this. And I don't even think that that should work for the story. I don't like that. Hmm. Just isn't it at least though kind of fun that this is even a possibility that people are even thinking about this. You just let it go. Let the rock just be a heel. <laughs> you just want him to be a hero. You cannot just accept that the rock is a heel. That's all. Look, I, I want to go back to what you said about like the rock finally doing something that was like unselfish and doing something that was clearly a fan demand for the sake mm -hmm. of fan service and doing right for the story. I still don't think that's the case. I still think he's this. I still think that there is a, a little bit of Hollywood narcissism there that is going to make him become the hero of this tale. However, I also would be very happy if that's not the case, obviously. And I believe that right now, the way that we are set up, we're set up for the final battle of this, not even to be Cody versus The Rock, but to be a heel Rock versus a babyface Roman Reigns. I was saying that this is the only way that we ever get babyface Roman Reigns. There's no other way because Roman Reigns is God mode. He is at the very top of the mountain. There is nothing that could be a catalyst to be to turn him into a babyface. There is nothing that is an over uh, this incredibly difficult to overcome achievement for Roman Reigns anymore because he can do it all. He's got all the help in the world. He is the guy. So mm. now we actually have the one avenue to give us a babyface Roman Reigns, which is that new mountain to climb, which is the high chief, the rock, if that's what we're calling him these days. That's the only way that we can get to a world where we have a babyface Roman Reigns. And I think the WWE would salivate at the idea of any opportunity that is logical, that makes sense to turn Roman Reigns babyface. And I think this is it. I think, I think WrestleMania 41... The path is still Rock versus Roman, but not the roles we were expecting. I think it's going to be the reverse roles that we were originally thinking. I think Rock is final boss. You think Rock plays heel for that whole year, though? And one, one thing, one thing I want to point out is how do you feel about clearly? And I don't have, I don't have any problems with this. Rock breaking kayfabe. Mm. Give me an example of how he would. The Grand Marshal of the Tona Five Hundred. Hmm. Yeah. Ah. Kissing babies, shaking hands. That matter, man. It's The Rock. It's The Rock, man. He can do whatever he wants. We also that, have to that, remember I, that 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 the kayfabe breaking only impacts the 1%, me and you, and the people listening to this. It doesn't impact the average viewer of professional wrestling, I don't think. I think that they... True. They... They aren't following The Rock's every move outside of professional wrestling. I bet that most casual wrestling fans, the only time that they see The Rock is whenever it is when they're going to a movie or watching him on their TV screens for something related to WWE. I doubt that most people are going to see the whole, you know, Daytona 500 kissing babies, being a good guy. I don't see it. I think that when people bring that up about this notion of kayfabe, which is the hardest thing to maintain in this modern day yes. world they think of mjf and mjf 
who is the probably the guy who keeps up kayfabe the most and wherever he goes when he's healed that guy's healed everywhere you could be a kid be like i love you. he just puts a booger in his autograph and shoves you in the face right that's the kind of thing that he would do i just think that it it if mjf ever came to wwe i think he would have a problem being kayfabe all the time because there's more it's a more magnifying glass compared to aw and I, I think with the if the rock I, I don't mind the rock being like hey this is work rock work rock is a heel and out of work rock is a face type of thing because it's going to continue more for the brand if you have a problem with it i, I just think like from what i can say there's really not much we can do about that because the rocks can continue being the rock no matter what look if we collectively as a group of fans have joined in this shared delusion of loving professional wrestling because that's what it is you know we're we're enjoying it's, it, it, delusion is a harsh word it's an enchantment santi sure like, okay i shared yeah. enchantment we yeah, can call see, it that, that, that like, <laughs> it does nicer? lighten the load a little bit yeah. it does it does where we've already come to grips that we are enjoying and being entertained by the scripted product why can't we put that aside you know like why mm. is that the thing that anyone is harping on we've already yeah. done the hard part of suspending disbelief where disbelief needs to be suspended let's suspend it a little bit more and recognize that the rock has a billion dollar empire that he needs to run where he can't just be going to these tv talk shows he can't be doing outside of wwe interviews calling people inbreds he can't just he can't call everyone trailer trash wherever he goes you know that was so good <laughs> i was like wait for, i was like oh, oh wait for it wait ah there it is. As someone there. that grew up in a in a town with a large Mormon population, those are the nicest people on the planet. So to roast the people of Utah, man, that was harsh. That's harsh. They're the friendliest people. They're so <laughs> friendly, man. They're so hard to kick away from you. No, I can't, but you're so nice. Shout out to the guy in the crowd with the sign that says Mormon Reigns. <laughs> uh, those really are people good. with a good sense of humor, man. So, and you got another sign. I hate you. Dude, we're everywhere. Every other show, we're getting signs. We had signs at the NXT show on SmackDown. And I th we're going to be back to back on SmackDown because this SmackDown was pre-taped. While we were on Raw, dude, I'm sorry. We're taking over. One day all you'll know, get a Sancho sign. One day. All I know, it's not wrestling is great. I know that's something else, but it's wrestling is cool. I've I seen wrestling is great signs. You're so close. So close. Just make it cool. That's it. That's make all. It cool. Make it cool. Uh, make it cool. 2K is on its way out. And it ratings is. are, for some weird reason, getting people so upset. What? Logan Paul? The same rating as Drew McIntyre? It's like, dude, it's a video game. Relax. Look, I think we can all collectively be upset that Tozawa is only a 67. But, man, I, look, I know that Twitter is a vacuum. And specifically, wrestling Twitter is a vile, toxic place. But, like, like fellas, relax. It's a video game. I'm excited though, and I like the the way that they've been incorporating the. Did you see like their ratings in like yeah. the lower third of the most recent yeah. episode of Raw? I've I've yeah. really been digging what they're doing with that. It kind of sets the tone of like, hey, this would be an upset if so and so wins type of thing, or this should be an easy win for the said person if they have such a high rating. I think it, I would like to know what they're based on. Is it based on wins and losses? Because that's kind of unfair. Is it based on? If they want a title type of thing, I think that weighs heavily into your higher rating. If you have a title, I think that the the thing about ratings is it's kind of harsh 
to like I love Greg Miller and the Greg Miller files when he does this, and I love it when he's the one that delivers the news. But it's kind of harsh to be like, "Hey, um, you're 60. <laughs> you're, <laughs> you're 60. Um, let's just really put a barometer to it." But I I have this quick little segment for you, Santi. We're gonna talk about these ratings for real quick. I have them right here, and I'm, we're gonna say, are they property rated, underrated, or overrated when it comes to the 2K ness? That's of gonna it be all. that. Now that you mentioned it, though, this is impossible because mm. we don't know what they're be based on. That you're like, you're right. I, like, I what the heck I, are they just, based on? I personally think it, after reading these ratings, I think they're based on wins or losses and titles because you 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 will see. Okay. You're like, oh, okay, okay. Here we go. For Solo Sokoa, his rating is at 86. I think they gave him an 86. <laughs> he took his thumb. And you know what I mean? And he went, a man, a man, 15 <laughs> times to John Cena. He went, a John Cena was like, eh, eh, and then John Cena went, ah, I'm leaving. Bye. You remember that, Santi? You remember that? What happened to John Cena? Uh, so yeah, 86. I see that as very properly rated, but he could be an 80. <laughs> That was a little much. <laughs> I'm just saying. That was, that was like an extra 10 seconds of you just dying as John Cena. That's <laughs> what happened. He died for like five seconds at least. I guess question, I need, wait, I mean, wait, like, one question. That's, one question. Yeah. Wait, how, how long does a super finisher, how long does a finisher really knock you out in theory? Like if you really had to put a time, like if, if you got hit with a finisher, what's the average time? Like four seconds, five seconds? Of like how long seconds? it knocks you out for? Or? Yeah, like stuns you for it to be pinned. Is it three and a half seconds, four seconds? You know what I mean? Mm. Is it like you're gonna be down for ten seconds? I bet it's a I bet it's a four second thing, plus or minus mm. two seconds. I think it could be mm. like, you know, the finisher wasn't hitting the right way. That's where the minus two seconds comes in, and that's why it's mm. only a two count. Or maybe you hit it so well or really late into the match that it's mm. as good as a six count. Yeah. Uh, Plus the zesty pin adds like four seconds. Yeah, well, the zesty pin is an automatic win. Uh, 86 for Solo is overrated when you think about the grand scheme of things. Um, Sancho, aside yes. from John Cena, what yes. has Solo Sokoa done? Uh, Solo Sokoa... Let me see. I can't put my... You can't because there isn't it. anything. He has lost 24 God. straight matches. Wait, you're going to cut a promo on Solo? All right, go ahead. Yeah, he has lost 24 straight Look at matches. The don't be afraid of Solo. He has lost 24 straight matches since defeating John Cena. I get that the John Cena rub clearly is not what we thought it would be. It didn't do anything for Austin Theory. It didn't do anything for Solo Sokoa. So to say that this is a John Cena problem, I think maybe that's the case. But even Austin Theory has done some things ever since beating John Cena. He retained the US title a couple times here or there. Solo Sokoa has literally done nothing. To me, I'm sorry, 86 is just overrated. I think in general, Solo Sokoa is overrated. I need something more than, oh yeah, for the tribal chief. Oh yeah, I'm not scared. And then I'm just, here's a thumb. That's not. Uh, that's not going to do it for me, man. Like, Jimmy is so much more interesting, so much more entertaining. And Jimmy, I know, was rated lower than Solo Sokoa, but at the very least, Jimmy has a legacy of being the longest reigning tag champion in the history of the WWE. Solo has done nothing to warrant a rating as high as 86. Nothing. It's mm. a lot of trash talk for the air. I wouldn't say that too. to his face. 
Well, <laughs> you just did. He's watching. No, the no, no. Right you just did. All right, Solo, right. what's 10 times 3? Oh, wow. That's why I cut the, the promo. To, <laughs> you cut the promo to the camera. Did you see he hates math? <laughs> I did. He deleted his <laughs> Twitter account. What's the square root of 124, Solo? But, hey, to, to be fair, who, we all hate math. Math sucks. Dude, math right. is so useless. As an adult, what sidetrack? Okay. When was the last time you used complicated math? Like aside from like, subtracting, like a, like a Pythagorean theorem. Anything. Here's where I think complicated math begins. Uh huh. Long division. Okay. Percentages. I think percentages is like borderline because I feel like that's more multiplication. If anything, well, unless, that's just a, a subset of multiplication. Look. Look, man, I know a lot of our audience is probably blue collared and there's contractors out there that use math a lot, right? And what? You're, like, what do they, what, what? Addition, surface area, circumference, radius, they probably do all that. Dude, I, they've got machines that do all that for them. They, nah. they, 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 ain't, they ain't taking protractors nah. and being like, yes, mm, yes. yes they are. No, yes, no, they they, are. I refuse to believe they are. Yes, they do. They have, you ever, you know, my favorite thing, because I used to do construction, my favorite thing ever in construction. When you took one of the, that chalk line and you drew it all the way around and you put it on a nail and you went, dink, and you get that straight line. Oh, it's so satisfying to do that, man. I don't think that's math, it. though. That's just like, you know, understanding just, the, the world dynamics. Just saying, you asked me where math is prevalent. Yeah, I was saying the construction business is the most prevalent. I feel like you could build a building with just a, a, a solid guesstimation. I think this is pretty, pretty good. <laughs> Whoa, you pay for that. All right, <laughs> Jimmy's at an 84. Is 84. He's lower. I feel that the Jimmy that we saw Monday Night Raw should be at like an 87. Yeah, that's highly underrated in my opinion. I, mm -hmm. I get the logic of, well, he's been a stooge, but that was also only since SummerSlam. So right. they're all, so they completely ignored the first eight months of the year where he mm -hmm. was one of the most dominant members of a tag team ever. They ignore the fact that he was the one that turned on Roman Reigns first. They ignored the fact that he was part of that team that pinned Roman Reigns for the first time in years. They ignored the fact that he main evented WrestleMania night one. What, just so they're, they're only going off of the last technically four months of the year, which I think is a little bit unfair. So I'm going to say that's highly underrated for Jimmy. Jay Uso main event 90. I think that's just a tad. A tad overrated, a but scotch, a just scotch. a smidgen. Not, yeah. I don't think I like. I'm not uh, like grieved by it. I think an you, 88, 89 would have probably suited better, considering yeah. like 90, like that's the same as Gunther and and, Lo and Logan Paul. Yeah, and I have Gunther on a different level than Jey Uso, yeah, and I don't think that point. they're that they're. I don't think that they should both be 90. I think Jay should be 88, 89. Well, where should Gunther be? I think Gunther's at the right spot at a 90. I would maybe even I'll dare put him at 94. I'd even dare put him a bit higher. I think it's cool that a mid-carter is in the 90s. When you think about it, he yeah, is still true. a mid-carter. Uh, so I don't really recall the last time we saw at the moment of the creation of the game, a career mid-carter being mm. in the 90s. So I do think that... Obviously, the fact that he's in in the mid card hasn't really gone for world championships probably affected him a little bit. Uh, but I think in a real world, this man's like a ninety five. The the greatest kind of egregious rating I would think of looking out of all this, 
I know people are going to be upset about Logan Paul, but the dude is is winning a lot of his matches, yeah. and he's, he he only appears at PLEs, and he's a champion, so they have to give a little bit of a, maybe like a 2-3 rating bump to him. But Drew McIntyre, 89, is egregious. That's that egregious. Is, that is bad. He should at least be 93 in the 94s even. This guy is carrying Raw for me. He really is. Like, it, without... When Judgment Day took a kind of took a background comedic role in Raw, I, Drew stepped up and started carrying the torch for me. And eighty nine is just ridiculous. I mean, that's the perfect example of what the heck are these based on? I, gotta, I think he lost this because he's lost a lot. I guess. I, I mean, so is Solo, and they they he's an eighty six. He's literally done nothing but lose. That's the, the, Paul Heyman probably went to two Ks. Like you can't have Solo at it. I guess. Yeah. Sure. It's the Paul Heyman effect. He's a Paul it, Heyman. It's got to be. Yeah. He's been politicking. The back, yeah, I, yeah, yeah, the, the backstage politics. Here's the, the, I think probably another egregious is Cody Rhodes at 93. You think that, that should is, be higher? Absolutely higher. He's the most overfaced. Like, if I was, if I never played, if I never watched the product, and I'm a guy that for some reason buys WWE 2K every year, and I'm like, oh, I want to know about wrestling. This is my way to get into wrestling through gaming, which I got in through Star Wars through gaming, believe it or not. So I, I that route is possible. I played Star Wars, Super Star Wars on the Super Nintendo before I watched Star Wars. Cody Rhodes at 93, you would go like, this guy's not not as great as people say he is. This guy's like, it should be a 96, 97 for the way he's being booked. Yeah, I feel like all the cover athletes should have been around the same rating because there were some that were higher than others. I think, I feel like they should have just done like a blanket 95 for all the cover athletes. I like I that. I feel that would have been better. Cause I think that's what Rhea is. I think Rhea is 96. Oh, then they should all be 96. Yeah. I think they should all be 96, including Bianca. I think Bianca is a worthy 96. Absolutely. What's wild is Rhea is at a 96 and she does not have that many matches in, in comparison to a Cody Rhodes. I think it's the and, I think it's the unbeatable aura, but then again, Gunther right. has that and more, and he's only correct. Nine. And he has banger matches out of all the people that have been rated here. Uh, just gonna uh, kind of there's a lot more that they listed. I mean, they completely buried Alpha Academy. Like they are really low. Uh, Judgment Day is floating around. You got Damian at 80, uh, 86, Finn at eighty seven, JD at seventy one, and then you have Dominic at A three. I think that's kind of fair. For Judgment Day, it don't you think like that like about right in the grand scheme of things, though, that Damian Priest has done way more than Solo Sokoa? Again, I don't want to turn this into the the hate on Solo no. Sokoa. How no. has he not? He has no. won. He won. A, okay. All right. Let's go through accolades. All right. Oh, let's God. let's let's Here put them let's put them side by side. All right. All right uh, Damian Priest, Money in the Bank. Okay. Uh, what do you have for Solo? Keep going. Okay. All right. That's what I thought. Uh, Two-time Unified Tag Team Champions. What do you have for Solo over there? You got any rebuttals? Anything? No, I didn't think so. Okay. Uh, we have him main eventing War Games. What do you have for Solo? What has he main evented recently? What is he? Uh, I, I don't think he's main evented anything, actually. Mm, mm, mm. That's funny how that works. Funny how that works. He hasn't done anything. Judgment Day, at the very least, is a collective. And even in... Damian Priest as an individual, even though I call him uh, Senor Buffoon in the bank because of how poorly they've been treating him. There it is. There it is. Every failed cash in attempt has knocked this man down a peg. He loses it, one it, point it, every time. <laughs> exactly. You 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 waste it. You, it's like um in the old arcade games where you use your superpower, you lose life. Your meter goes down. This is it. That should not, dude. Still, he's an eighty-six. That's really high for Damian. That's like. Really that's, high for the I, dude. No, 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 no. I think that's a fair. Uh, that's a fair score. An eighty-six. I yes. my argument earlier was that Solo had way too high of a score. Should be lower. He should be like an eighty-two. He squashed John Cena, dude. 
What's what's you theories need, overall? You need to. I don't know. He's not out yet. Oh, he's not he out did, yet. Okay. Mm -mm, not out yet. Um, let's see. The last one I want to go over, and the entire one. I I guess we could kind of end on this one. Um, Ko, eighty six. Okay. You're gonna have KO. And, I'm sorry, Solo. You are the bar. You, KO cannot be on the same level as Solo Sokoa. Main evented night one WrestleMania. Main evented Royal Rumble against Roman Reigns. He hit. He he. Ah, uh, that's so wrong. That is he like beat, what Stone is Cole the barometer? Stone Cold beat him though. Two years ago. Yeah, but that's an effect because you know game development takes forever. <laughs> no, that that's that. I, I, I think the injury, the injury, KO was out for a bit. That made it be a thing. Maybe okay. maybe his stat for injury prone is a little bit higher. <laughs> maybe, maybe. maybe. I don't, know, I don't man. know. I just don't understand what these what these metrics are are based on because if you say wins and losses, uh, I mean we can. Uh, Again, Solo is the example of, like, clearly not. All he does is lose. If it's titles, what has Solo won? So is it just the how heir, they're portrayed? He is the heir to the tribal chief. Dumb. Okay? Get through your thick head. He, dude, dude, he's third in line he's now. In the the Rock is he's, here. He the Rock has come and usurped. He is third in line at best. Actually, no. Wouldn't that make Ava, Ava Rain, uh, you know, the so, Rock's wait. daughter? Ahead of Solo Sokoa in terms of look, this I'm going into Game of Thrones King. and bloodline. This is not a Lion King situation, all right? <laughs> <laughs> I question you. Um, when The Rock came in, what's the equivalent of that? Of him just him like going, ah, I'm the like. It kind of reminds me. What, what was it the, in Guardians of the Galaxy? That one guy that was the guy with the hammer, the purple hammer, and you thought, oh, this guy's the final boss. Oh yes, Ronan, Ronan the Ronin. Con Conqueror or, the, some, or yeah, the Destroyer or something. Yeah. The Destroyer, right? You're like, oh, this guy's the final boss. Nope. No, I'm just kidding. Not, and, then, and then you thought, oh, Loki is the final boss. Nope. Nope. I actually think that's the best example. I think it's right? the the build up to to Thanos. Thanos. And then you're like, nope, it's Galactus. <laughs> 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 Who would be Galactus in this in this picture? Who would be the guy above the rock? I don't think there's anybody that would no, be No, I think like, this is as high as it gets. Like in terms of somebody that could be a viable power figure as well as somebody that's like obviously super influential on the planet and an actual in-ring performer. I mean, I guess technically the closest is Donald Trump because he's been in WWE before. That's maybe, but... That would be wild. Dude, imagine. You know, that, that was the highest PLE for a long time. Uh, WrestleMania 23. Hair, hair versus hair. Yeah, yeah man. WrestleMania 23, I, well, highest buy rate. What, what you, you know, it could be Triple H if Triple H goes heel, but that would be kind of like... Uh, yeah, lame. but we've seen that before. It's... it's in he No, I feel like that's Loki. I feel like that's the level of Loki where, yeah, like that can be the bad guy for a really long time. That can be... The main mean, villain for a set of movies, but you know Thanos I, is 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 around the corner. I agree, dude. Hunter Hearst Helmsley. Yeah. Oh, real quick before we we wrap things up, kind of something that I don't think enough people are talking about happened on the most recent episode of Monday Night Raw, which in my eyes is uh, hell freezing over, but also obviously a demonstration of where uh, the partnership between uh, WWE TKO is going. We had UFC. I don't. I don't want to think superstar is the right word. UFC fighter. That's what Michael, they call them. Do they call them fighters or? They, no, yeah, he said. Uh, they said lightweight fighter. Oh, uh, lightweight. Yes, a UFC lightweight fighter. And, and Sanchez like he's not even a champion. What a. Uh, I didn't say that. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> that was 
privately said. That was privately said. I, Michael Chandler looks like the kind of guy that would would not take that as a joke. He no, no, no. We're kidding, Michael Chandler. <laughs> Just because I don't but, like I, I like Solo. <laughs> Leave me alone. But if you do come after one of us, it's Sancho. Yeah, uh, that's fair. WWE X UFC. We had Michael Chandler cut a really good promo, by the way. He's really good yeah. on the microphone. Uh, I believe them. I believe them too. Calling out Conor McGregor, one of the most famous athletes on the planet on WWE TV. Obviously, that's huge. And even UFC fans are like, that's kind of crazy. But like, we knew that that, if you knew it, if you follow UFC, you know that that was like the route where they were, that they were eventually going. But what is your gut feeling about seeing UFC promotion on WWE TV and do you foresee the other way around happening like do you see you know we the main event is about to start our truths music hits oh I'm in the wrong wrong arena my bad <laughs> <laughs> brings out a ladder again <laughs> I, I I think uh, you yeah UFC you better get ready for us man <laughs> these WWE nerds we're not gonna stop it is what it is. Our world is gonna invade all the worlds. We're gonna we're gonna be the bugs and the what is it? The automaton, the, the automatons, the automatons. We're coming. I I think uh, when it comes down to it, I think it's great. It gets more eyes on the product. I do you feel like that's gonna be a mania vat match because there was the mania sign behind him. That's not an accident. Oh, bro, I didn't if, even think of that. No way. If you if you if you, if you like a mania something. Because if you looked at that promo again or that segment, he is talking right underneath the mania sign. And that it's in frame, like clear as day in frame when he's calling out Conor McGregor. Because it feels like such a random person to call out because Conor's been out of the game for such a long time. The one thing I have to take away from it is that if you're a wrestler watching that, that is a promo set in some sort of realism that worked for him. And if you believe, if there's a part of you that genuinely believes in a promo or something that something wrote, someone wrote for you, you could have that same impact. Because I believed what everything that guy said. I yeah. believed everything. I was like, this guy's upset, and he really means what he's saying. And I think that if more people in the business in general did that, it'd be a better product. That, Like I mentioned, that's what made Heel Rock so good. Because I know The Rock does not believe everybody is trailer trash, but the way he said it, you believed it. Mm-hmm. I don't yeah, know the mania sign. It looked like it, it mm -hmm. did. It did. And I, I didn't think of it until you said it. And here's the thing. I don't know enough about UFC. So this is where the comment section, you can come in and correct me, but the UFC, I believe like their, their governing body for doping testing was USADA. And one of the problems with USADA was that yeah, before you could be cleared to fight, you have to, you had to be in their testing pool for six months before you can even consider getting back into the ring or being considered clean. And that was a problem for Dana White. And part of it was because it meant that Conor McGregor would not be able to come in and fight as soon as they wanted him to, because then he would have to enter this USADA test pool and it would take a really long time for him to be properly cleared. On top of that, obviously, <laughs> not- you said, you said USADA? I SADA, nothing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, not to make wild leaps here but there's a lot of people that believe that conor mcgregor is way bigger than he used to be and he may or may not have taken some things to help him get there and that's you know that's his prerogative so if he were to jump into usada he'd just get dinged for a really long time and he'd be in this usada test cycle for a really long time USADA, nothing <laughs> so somebody could correct me on that dana white fired usada 
and is now this other governing body that doesn't have this like really long testing pool maybe it's for the sake of getting conor mcgregor in much quicker maybe getting conor mcgregor maybe not necessarily the fight there but to be part of the wrestlemania exactly. show as as a whole to help promote this bigger UFC show between Michael Chandler and, um, and, and Conor McGregor. I think there's going to be a lot of cross-promoting and cross-promoting at WrestleMania is about as big as it gets. I think in this relationship, UFC benefits more from WWE than the other way around. You know, I don't think wrestling benefits from being at UFC. I mean, we. I think Punk kind of ruined that bridge. He kind of burned that bridge with his performance in the UFC. Yeah, so. He got booed out of the building the other night. He was there. He was at a that's UFC what, show. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to say. Like, I, I don't. I think it, everything is going to benefit UFC in this cross promoting, but it's cool to see WWE more in places. That's that's always going to be a plus, no matter how impactful it is. I think you. I I don't think that the scripted nature of WWE, even if it's just a promo, would land very well with the UFC audience. No. I think it. I think it should just be. You remember that clip from a long time ago after Brock Lesnar finished the fight. When and he was walking, there? what's that? With Undertaker over there? Yeah, and the, they yeah, did, yeah. they had like a quick little stare down. The stare down, yeah. That I'd be more down for. Like if 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 they tried to bring in a semblance of realism to the world of the WWE in that route by, sure. you know, if there is a, a UFC fighter that's thinking of making the jump to WWE, having a stare down, you know, you know, it'd have to be, maybe not the New Day would well, be the best example, but somebody out there in the audience like that Undertaker to create friction that feels real. No, I know what you're saying. People, you're forgetting, Santi, is that the UFC fights are, there's a lot of people with cameras there themselves. So you could even just have two feuding wrestlers in the arena and they maybe get in the shouting match or they kind of like a Seth and, and CM Punk type of vibe, right? They're just, they just don't like each other. And people record it and they post it. That enough could work too. I agree. I agree. But them getting in the actual octagon and cutting a, a promo. No, no, that no. won't land. I, I Unless you're I'd Logan mark. Paul, Logan Paul could get away with that. <laughs> yeah. The yeah, rock, can... the rock could get away with it. The rock could get the away with it too, away. obviously. Yeah. 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 All right, Sancho, let's start to bring this show to a close. It is the it's cool section of the show where we get to geek out over what we thought was really cool in professional wrestling. Uh, I'll go first. Cause I like yours more. Mine was mine's super quick. I liked Pat McAfee's ridiculous play-by-play -play and his circling of things and the overanalyzing of Solo Sokoa's thumb. I don't know if that's going to be a permanent thing. I hope it is, but not overused. And right. I would be interested in what that looks like, not in a comedic manner either. So I like the, the dipping of the toes with this and with it clearly being comedic, of course, but I'd be very curious if we can use this in a way to legitimize the performance to a more sports-centric approach. Because they've been doing that with production as a whole, with how okay. they've been filming people coming into the um, into the arena. The, the cutaway graphics as they go to commercial break is very NFL-like. And now this obviously brings that extra dynamic of it being more analytical, like a real sport, maybe like, a, like an actual fight. It was done in a comedic manner, but I would be interested in seeing how it's done in a not comedic manner. And I liked it. It's nice. It was a nice change of pace. It was cool. I felt, I felt it's too much right now. Like we're it's 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 like we're getting dunked into a lot of new angles and a lot of new graphics, and 
I, I don't need another segment. What's interesting as well is they're adding more of the commentary. Uh, the commentary, like it, you notice that it cuts to Pat McAfee and Michael Cole more, and they're just like talking about what happened, and they're kind of like, yes, they're kind of giving their thoughts on what's going down in like a quick moment. They're being involved in live interviews, uh, like they did with uh, Rhea Ripley and Nia Jax. Yeah. I think the most important thing that's working for me is that every wrestler literally is getting a promo segment whether it be a, like a pre-tape promo like they did with chad gable and ivar or it's even those ones that are happening backstage with jay and gunther i think all that's awesome just because you're not in the middle of a ring with the microphone that doesn't mean you should not be able to cut a promo i think that stuff's gonna go a long way for the entire roster it, it gives more content and it adds a better a better flow as a viewer, I don't know what's it look like in, in the arena because I feel like there's a lot of waiting around if you're watching live. But that crowd was white hot. That crowd in Anaheim was great. And I think overall, you said the telestrator was cool. I'm not on board with it yet, but I think the overall presentation of Raw is getting better. You starting off with matches right out the way for Raw and SmackDown. I thought that was a great adjustment. I hope they keep that up because there's nothing exciting to me to watch a wrestler talk for like 20 minutes. Uh, or that whole segment in the last 20 minutes. I, I like it coming out with a banger, like a five. Like, I thought Cody versus Drew McIntyre was a five-star match. It was oh, so insanely good. good. It was so good. You had uh, the whole pedigree uh, in, in a future shock. You had the super Cody cutter, which was fantastic. It was great. And then you had the the little wrinkle of Drew, like, oh, my God, should I accept that? Uh, that help from the from the bloodline and what was cool is they put a button on it by interviewing drew in the backstage and asked him directly why are you letting the bloodline help you like i thought that was like that was a cool way to put in the capsule and i like that they're not afraid to bring back wrestlers who have already competed back into the show i've i've been really digging these i guess what are supposed to give the illusion of an unfiltered promo right because a lot of the backstage is always like almost always backstage promos is I'm here with Sancho West. Sancho, what did you think about this? Right. It's a, it's, it's very driven by the, um, by, by the, what's the The correspondent correspondent. Yeah. I like this almost video game cutscene style promos that they're cutting where it just like cuts to Jey Uso walking. He's just like, Hey, it's Jey Uso got about to beat the greatest intercontinental champion of all time. I like that. It, it adds, to the wackiness of professional wrestling because we get to see their personality fully in display in this in this pre-recorded environment but it gets the message across is it you know hokey that ivar is in this like dark dingy what you're supposed to think is like the a boat in the middle of the darkness but i'm in for it because it it's works be- it's better than him standing backstage next to catering and just walking into frame yeah you i know, agree it, i 100 percent agree Right, and that's what I like about it is that it's protecting a lot of people. That's why Rhea Ripley and Nia Jax had that live segment. At the same time, it's protecting their angle. As much as I love the crowd's interaction, I hate the what chant. It just ruins momentum a lot. And I think that's what they learned from the Thunderdome era, the pandemic era, is when they have the ability to tell their own story clean without any interact or interference. Truthfully, I don't think Roman is where he is without the pandemic. Agreed. A hundred percent agreed. There's just no, because we weren't having it with Roman for a long time. We just weren't. And then we started getting into it and let Roman cook. And when we finally let him cook a little bit, he got somewhere. And I think that's what's really great about the production right now. They're letting them cook. which is nice. Yeah, they're getting creative. And I also think that this is um, masking 
some of the weaknesses of certain wrestlers. Oh, for sure. I wouldn't, like, it's not his fault. It's not all weakness, but, like, Shinsuke Nakamura has a tough time cutting promos in English without getting serenaded by what chants that are incredibly disrespectful when guys trying to tell his side of the story, and, yeah, okay, he can't speak English perfectly, getting hit with the what, like, there's a time and a place and there's reasons to do the what chant, and I just don't think that a, just English not being their first language is, is, is a is a good 2024 reason to do a what chant. Yeah. And also it gives other uh, wrestlers a chance to do something a little different. Like I mentioned, uh, like I noticed New Day is a little bit more edgier. Yes. And if they, ha if they had to walk on to the arena, they would have had to do their entrance. They would have to be, you know, their exciting. music, which is not joyful. very, very, you know? Right. Instead, now you get, you know, serious Xavier Woods and Kofi talking about a street fight, which... It's cool, and at the same time, it, it, they could throw it in right before the main event. They could just inject it here in a little segment real quick, and I like that. And it's making the in-ring product, I think, a little bit better. Granted, I think what we only had four matches on Raw, four or five even, right? I think I ran around five. Which is, which is kind of crazy for a three-hour show, but it worked for some reason because I think they're learning from SmackDown. Where it's not necessarily about the in-ring work as much, it's more about the overall product of the run of the show. Oh, yeah, I mean, that, that opening match went for 32 minutes. Which is good. crazy. Uh, the women's uh, battle royal also went for about twenty plus minutes. Uh, Best which was, battle royale. You know what? I'll I'll toss it over to you. Uh, what yes. was cool for you? I feel that that's a great uh, jumping off point. Boy, oh boy, folks! I am the number one LA Knight Glazer, but I am the biggest fan of Raquel Rodriguez, my guy. Interesting that you I use am, fan here instead of Glazer. Listen, I have the <laughs> utmost respect for Raquel. I called it when she had her feud with Rhea Ripley, and you made fun of me. I said they had the chemistry of Brett and Sean. You remember that? You remember that? I, I said remember. they have the chem chemistry of Brett and Sean. You're like, what? What your analogy, Sancho? You're getting all over the place. Your metaphors. And, and you will see, folks, and I will say this right now. Raquel will put on a better fight than Becky and Rhea. I, I'm not a fan of Becky Lynch right now, but we'll get more of that a little bit later in our, you, you, you know, we talked about it already, basically. But Rhea, uh, Raquel Rodriguez coming back, amazing. You know, considering that she's coming back from an injury that's pretty much out of her control. Yeah. And she's doing her best to overcome it. She's a great, great talent. She's a great face. I love her Tex-Mex vibe. I, I love everything about her. And she's, dude, she remind me in that, and I've said this before, but she remind me in that Battle Royale like a, like a Kevin Nash type of vibe. She had the Kevin Nash attire. If you look back at it, she had the leather fringe on her and the leather pants. And she was great, dude. Every Elim was fantastic. It was brutal. And I, I just love everything about her. And I'm so happy that she's back. She's a welcome breath of fresh air. She's a great face to have on the women's roster. And you saw in the promo battle that they had between everybody before <laughs> before Nia Jax just gorilled everybody that she's, she's, a, she's a contender. And I absolutely think she's cool. She's a cool person to have or in and out of the ring. And I, I cannot wait to see what she does again in chamber. I'm so happy to have her back. I know I roasted your comparison of Brett and Sean, and I stand by that. Um, but you'll I, see. you'll see. Okay, all right, sure. At the uh, end of the day, you'll see. <laughs> I'll, I'll be groveling back to you. You were right, I'm just, saying, I, I, I'm just saying, Becky Lynch is is not it for me, man. The yeah, she's not hitting notes for me either. She's not hitting notes that, for me. That either. promo she did was just bad. It just was. It was a repeat of the last week. Because now I watch more intently. It was a, it was a repeat of was it last week, and she talked about her hat. And I'm like, what are you doing, Becky? It was a like, tough watch. Are, it was a tough watch. You know what? And it's not her fault. Yeah. 
it's booking's fault. They kept her on ice and they kept her on side quests for so long that she forgot how to how to do it. In my mind, now she's trying to get her hat over. <laughs> she's trying to get she's trying to get her groove back. Oh, oh Becky got her groove back. I'm glad that Raquel is back. I actually I popped hard when they when her music hit. I was so happy to see her back. She's a great worker. Um, I think she's a great representation of 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 Latin Americans in the women's division, which actually doesn't yes. have too too much really aside from like Zelina Vega and Electra Lopez these days. Uh, so like for me, obviously as, as a as a Latino, it's always great to see to see those folks out there and. Um, you know, we I was laughing before the show about how uh, she is the prototypical uh, Latino character right now these days where she says something in Spanish and immediately translates herself, which love it. You love it. I think it's I, I think I it's hokey. Care. It's like, she, hey, she why'd you, why'd you say do. it in the first place in Spanish? <laughs> Dragon Lee does it all the time. Babyface Santos Escobar does it all the time. What's interesting is that it's like a babyface Latino trope because the, I love it. The heel, the heel. uh Latinos will never translate themselves because I guess it's it's a heel thing to have people not understand I, you. She's like a close to six foot door of the explorer, dude. I'm all for dude, it. Dude, she's awesome. I love her. And look, I'm people roast the back gimmick. I like the back gimmick. Keep flexing. You it. did not. You did not. You said I and I quote, all she is is a back. I remember this, Santi. <laughs> no, you can't there, there's no room no, for no, you no. on this bandwagon. There's no room for you, Santi. <laughs> Stop trying you to cannot... kick me off this bandwagon. No, no, no. You can't all of a sudden be like, eh, she represents the Latino like me. Here I go. And no, I, you can't jump on this back, baby. You why are you gate, why are you back. gatekeeping Raquel right now? This is she's mine, okay? <laughs> this is my thing. You cannot be aboard. I was calling it early, okay? I was the one saying her, she is great. I'm not she allowed on this. All right, whatever, man. Whatever. You 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 take off here. I'll I'll just stick with Rhea Ripley. That was that dude. That was my initial investment, and it's paid off. Diamond hands, baby. Now we're at mommy Rhea Ripley, 96 overall. Here we are. So maybe maybe in a couple years you'll be in the same great limousine that I'm in with uh with uh, in the on the Rhea Ripley bandwagon that I've been on for a couple of years. Okay. All right. Okay. You you okay. stick with the with Raquel Rodriguez. Then don't let me in there. Fine. The 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 true mommy. Okay, I don't. I don't want to touch that because it's wrong. It's Rhea Ripley. Okay, all right. Before we end the show, do you think Rhea Ripley main main events elimination chamber? Do you think that closes the show with how they've been treating Nia Jax like this monster, crushing the entirety of the women's main event scene? Do you think that main events and obviously with the Rhea Ripley being a a home country girl of Australia, do you think that closes the show? No. What do you think closes? The men's chamber. Men's chamber. Because it's gonna it's gonna have blood some some bloodline like something's gonna happen with bloodline. You think so? There's there's it, no one in there that involves the bloodline yet. It doesn't matter. I it needs to be it's gonna be another Nia Jack situation where the bloodline bury the chamber. I just have a weird I don't know. I just don't think that a show should close with a number one contender celebrating. That seems, I mean, I guess the Royal Rumble is that, but that's different. That's a diff, completely different world. But like, what are you celebrating? Yes, I am now celebrating in front of 70,000 okay. people that I have no, a chance to go do something big. I agree, a champ should end, right? A championship yeah. match should. But I just thought of Nia, even though Nia has been doing great work, I just don't like how we got here type of thing. They've been trying real hard with her though. And I appreciate the effort. Hard. How dare you? How dare you leg drop Raquel on her back, bro? How dare you? That hurt my heart, dude, when that happened. 
you know, and I was just I was worried and scared at the same time. That was a nasty you know? leg drop. It, it was, was so scary looking. The one you're talking about, the one you. on Raquel where she's like teetering yes. like between the ropes and it's like face rope. down yes. first. That was yes. scary looking. Back went like that. I was just like, no, <laughs> leave her alone, dude. That's her thing. The back. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> but um, yeah, dude, that that kind of. It kind of bummed me out the most because I was like, Naya, Naya, we know you're a bad, bad, bad wrestler. You're a bad gal. I get it. But you literally just buried the Bad in, as in character. You're not saying she's like a bad professional wrestler. No, she's overcome that, I think. Yeah. She really has. She really has. She's worked her tail off to get better yeah. about it. But I just don't, I just, someone needed to say like, excuse me, you're burying literally six of our top stars in the women's roster with for no reason, like yeah. no reason whatsoever. I I felt the same way. I felt the exact same way. I'm like, I Naya already felt like a badass going yes. into Elimination Chamber. She had she beat she, Becky like nothing. Beat Becky like nothing. Squashed Rhea Ripley the past like two weeks that they fought. That's all I needed. That's all I needed too. I don't think that we needed to leave Raquel alone. Okay. <laughs> Forget the other the other five. It's just Raquel. How dare Raquel you? Raquel like she got it the worst. Okay? <laughs> Raquel did get it the worst though. <laughs> Folks, thank you so much for listening slash watching this episode of Wrestling is Cool. If you enjoyed it, please make sure to leave it a like. A review if you happen to be listening on these audio services, audio waves around the world. Uh, we are spreading like wildfire. I saw somebody in Peru is listening to Wrestling is Cool. I saw somebody in, in I believe it was like Ethiopia that's listening to Wrestling is hey. Cool. So shout out to, to everyone around the world that's been listening to this show because it's spreading. It's spreading good, baby. Thank you very much for watching this. Sancho, where can people watch? Uh, catch up with you these days. Please support Sancho West Wrestling on TikTok. I would much appreciate it. You can watch the watch parties on Mondays and Fridays. Uh, yes, We'll be doing the Elimination Chamber. Oh, oh, you're you're, you're waking up at four, five a.m. or I, I it's earlier for up, you. It's I, earlier for you. I used it's four a.m. I used to get up at at three a.m. for four, uh, for Fortnite updates, bro. Oof. I am not afraid. I am not afraid to do this. You you you've unleashed the Fortnite grinder into the wrestling talk. Okay, I'm a I'm a little dangerous little devil. Uh, also, I want to promote the kind dangerous, of funny. Hey, a dangerous little devil? Who, who, who <laughs> refers to themselves as that? Adam Cole. Uh, <laughs> um, you should. Uh, but yes, I want to give a shout out to the kind of funny people. Uh, they featured Santi in a wrestling interview. And I, by the time you would hear this, if you are not a paying Patreon member, is I will be on their next WrestleMania in review, and we're doing Taker and the uh, and Shawn Michaels in WrestleMania 25. So come on by, support them, give a shout out, and say we came from the wrestling is cool. Hopefully, we can get Greg Miller. We're gonna try. Maybe one day. Maybe one when day he'll 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 want to get the wrestling is cool rub when he needs. Yeah, he needs that rub. <laughs> folks, thank you so much for watching. Take care. Be wonderful, people. Go do something nice. Hey, folks, hopefully you enjoyed that episode of Wrestling is School. A special extra thank you goes to those that are at the top tier of our Patreon, the coolest tier, who are our producers for this week. They are 2022 Benjamin, Ben Calloway, Blake, Buxo, CB, Chris the Postman, Cody Cook, Connor Williamson, Gavin Alvis, Ileana, Yona Reed, Jonathan Daly, Lil Shifu, Lucas Wittenhagen, Mako Mac Gaming, Malik Graham, Monte Moore, Nicholas Kyle, Ollie, Owen Miller, Papaya King, Ricardo Huez, 
Robert Dalton, Rodolfo Reyes, Ryan Yelovic, Stucky, Super Malachi Galaxy, Tom Lehman, Two Crown, Wesley Simpson, Whip One, Yellow Wonton, and Zerg Zito. Thank you all very much for supporting us in this endeavor. Take care.